When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are taking a road trip to Minnesota to chat with Julie Klassen. Julie is a dedicated full-time writer and the author behind 18 historical fiction novels. Her latest book, A Winter by the Sea, is coming out soon. So, Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lucia. Thank you coming for coming all the way to Minnesota, which I have to say, if you're going to come to Minnesota, autumn is the perfect time. It's beautiful here. Yes. Right yes, and thank you. It's great to be here. Actually, I'm happy because we are not having blizzard. <laughs> you picked the right time. Don't come in January, Lucia. Absolutely not. And Julie, being born and raised in Minnesota, could you share some insights about this region? Because we need to know where we are. <laughs> I would be happy to do that, though. For just to be completely honest, uh, I consider myself a Minnesotan because I have lived here for mm, 35 plus years. But I was born and raised in Illinois and Chicago and then other places in Illinois. But I have been here so long and I married a Minnesotan. So I do consider myself a Minnesotan now. And I really do. I really do love it. Now, the winters are not my favorite, but now that I work from home and don't have to commute, you know, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. So we have uh, beautiful summers and falls here, beautiful lakes. Of course, we're famous for our 10,000 plus lakes. And we live right across the street from one. So I get to look at one all day as I write. So it really is a beautiful place to visit as long as you avoid the winters. Absolutely. And Julie, I'm also intrigued to learn why someone from the U.S. Midwest chose, chose to write novels set in England. Please tell us. It is, it is a natural question because it is a little odd uh, um, that I had never gone to England before I started writing. Why England? Um, but I think, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I think the books that we read as, as children, as young people really do influence us. And I read books like The Secret Garden as a young girl set in England, of course. Uh, my, uh, my teacher read Jane Eyre to us. Um, you know, with so much emotion and mascara tears when I was a little older. And obviously that had a huge impact on me. So I loved, you know, English fiction or British fiction uh, well before I had ever gotten to travel there. So I, th I, I think it is the books we read in my case, um, but I've always wanted to go um, to England. I've been able to, I've been able to go now many times, but when I started out, I had not um, been there, but thankfully 
with Google Maps and and lots of research books, um, I've been able to 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 envision it. And of course, watching lots of period dramas and Jane Austen movies and all of that. Um, that's certainly has kept or fueled my love of England uh, all along. But that is how I got you know, started with my love of England. And the more we go there, the more my husband and I both love it. It's even easier to write after you go there and see all the beauty. Yeah, there is something about being there in person. You know, it, things from just you know hearing all the different accents, you know, seeing all the, the countryside and the sheep, and, you know, realizing how old things are. Now, I know you have lived in many countries far older than the U.S., but for me, going to England and realizing the age of some of these manor houses and churches is just astounding uh, to someone from a country 200 years old or whatever. <laughs> so that part is really um it's really come home to me after visiting there as well. So we learn something new every time we go. Mm-hmm. And also, since your novels feature British accents, I have to ask, Julie, can you mimic a British accent yourself? Can I? Can I? Yes. Will it be good? No. <laughs> it will be very bad. Let's see if I can try. <laughs> I can try. When their father's death, leaves them impoverished. Sarah Summers and her genteel sisters fear they will be forced to sell the house, etc., etc. So yes, not not very good. And and uh, I'm so thankful that for the audiobooks, they hire a real British mm-hmm. actor or actress to read the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. There you go, I try. <laughs> yeah, but it was better than mine. I can't even try. <laughs> it was good. My kids make fun of me a little bit. I got a text from my one of my sons the other day saying something, something, governor, like like some Cockney accent. Does that sound good? Governor? I'm like, oh, that's really cheesy. That's like Mary Poppins, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke accent. So, yeah, we try to avoid that. But my kids do like to tease me about my love of British things. And truly, many readers like myself see historical fiction as a kind of time machine Mm. how would you explain the fascination of taking readers on a journey to different times and immersing them in the past through your novels lovely question lucia you know and i think that is why so many uh, authors like myself and so many readers do love historical fiction because you get to go to another time and place and, and and obviously, since those of us who are writing historical romance are not necessarily painting that world, you know, as gritty or as difficult as it really could be for someone, you know, we focus on people with usually with some money, <laughs> with some fin- connections, you know, that usually have a home. It can be a wonderfully romantic time for someone, you know, with those things, with money and with uh, with, with their own house and livelihood and their future ahead of them. Um, obviously, um, it can be a very hard time if you didn't have all those things. And I know when I was a young author uh, writing, writing and you know, first watching all those Jane Austen adaptations, you know, I, Mr. Darcy, oh, and all those things. I wanted that life, you know, the long gowns and the men in the long boots and the balls. 
Um, now I have done enough research about what it was like to live there that though those things happened and those were wonderful romantic parts of that life, there was also really hard times in terms of the medical care, um, the sanitation, you know, they didn't bathe much, but we don't focus, most of us authors do not focus on the grittier sides um, of that life. Maybe a little to give some realism, but we still want it to be that romantic um, escape that readers love. And so do I. I love that. I love to watch period dramas and read historical fiction myself. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. And in fact, you what you said makes a lot of sense because usually we always see the romantic side of that period of time. But I, I read some books and I saw how things were so difficult about everything like doctors hospitals and many other things nowadays things are so much easier that we don't for granted i think yeah in a way it's been a good reminder that you know now i don't say i wish i lived back then i'm very glad to live now but it's still fun to take that time machine as you say back for back for novels as long as we can come back here <laughs> for medical care at our nice houses with hot showers uh, and all of that too. Julie, what inspired you to become a writer of historical fiction? Because you told us that you were always fascinated with these kind of books, but was there any other reason why well, I always wanted to be a writer. I knew that from a very young age. I was writing stories and poems and all that since I was a little girl. Um, and then and I think that just comes from, you know, having parents who read to us. You know, my brothers and I wanted books for every birthday, every Christmas. Um, I'm kind of sad that my own kids were not so much like that, but we grew up uh, valuing books and and valuing stories. And then in terms of the historical side, you know, I would love to give you some really deep intellectual uh, reason, but the truth, the real truth is in terms of why I'm writing in this, his this particular historical time period is because I fell in love with Jane Austen's world and Mr. Darcy and her, you know, her wonderful witty uh, Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Knightley and all of that. That is why I specifically am writing in this Regency era. And I, thankfully, lots of other readers and writers love it as well. So I get to, I get to stay here, which is a wonderful world, world to, uh, to live in. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> so that's why. Mm -hmm. And the second book of your series on Devonshire Shores, entitled A Winter by the Sea, is set during an exceptionally cold and snowy 
winter in the early 19th century. Is that correct? Was that not- is right. Yeah, the, so this is my first series, my first book in the series, which was The Sisters of Seaview, um, which has gone over very well. Readers really love it, which is such such a relief <laughs> for a writer. And that is set more in the typical, you know, summertime, I'll show you, summertime setting. Um you know, with, with the warm weather and the beautiful, beautiful days. Um, but when I read, cause I do like to do a lot of research. And when I read that a certain, certain historical events had happened in this place where I have set this series, but they happened in the winter. So it, you know, a few months when the first book ended, um, there is a historical thing that happened. The Duke uh, and Duchess of Kent came to Sidmouth where my first book was set and they stayed in the neighboring house, right? You know, right where I have set my characters in, um, in the series. So when I read that, so these are the parents of the future Queen Victoria. And when I read that they came to Sidmouth and they had so many staff with them that they had to send them out elsewhere to live. And in the first book, my my poor genteel ladies have had to open their seaside house to guests to make ends meet. So they take in some of these uh, staff members of the Duke of Kent, which of course leads to romance and, and also some danger and intrigue. So I loved being able to include that historical piece. So the Duke and Duchess of Kent are very minor characters, uh, but we get readers get to get a little glimpse of a little piece of the childhood uh, of the future Queen Victoria, which was really fun to write. Plus some really sad and striking things happened uh, within that royal family uh, during that visit. So I really enjoy marrying the, the real history with fiction. And then I always have an author's note that kind of you know explains what's real and you know where where does the novel take take over. So I've really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed getting to do both the yeah. nonfiction piece but sticking with a really good story. I, I agree. And I think historical books are more than just entertainment because we can learn so much. And your novels let readers explore, for example, lifestyles and habits of people from different eras. And this is magical. As you blend fiction with nonfiction, for sure, we will always be learning something different. I think readers really do like that. And I'm that way myself. I read very little nonfiction, um, except for my research. So I'm reading tons of biographies of nonfiction um, for the readers. And then I hopefully just put enough interesting things, uh, historically based things into the novel. But that's how I would prefer to read is through a story because we all love, well, most of us, I think, love stories. And so I do hear from a lot of readers who enjoy that they can learn some some history as well along the way of a wonderfully compelling story if I've done my job right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And actually, uh, research often leads to interesting discoveries. And yes. can you share any surprising historical facts that you stumbled upon while researching for your books? There's always something surprising to me, and I do like to uh, bring them out when I can. Uh, in this series, you know, set on a seaside, 
And um, I was surprised to learn that they had really strong beliefs about the medical value of bathing in the sea, uh, of being in in seawater. And they believed it would cure all kinds of ills. So people flocked to the seaside um, to bathe, not only in the actual ocean, but then they would also bring in you know, huge indoor baths full of seawater, warm and cold and that type of thing. So that's why so many people would go to Sidmouth and other other seaside places like that. They would even drink the seawater, which we would think of not a good idea. But that was, you know, I've read articles where physicians are recommending how much seawater to drink, um, what to do if it makes you feel a little nauseous, take some donkey's milk when you're done. Uh, so those kinds of things I find really interesting to work in some of the beliefs of the past um, that we would probably yeah, raise our eyebrows um, about now. And they also believed in sea bathing year round. So in the second book, you know, we still have people sea bathing. We have you know evidence of Elizabeth Barrett Browning and other famous authors and, and figures throughout the years bathing. I mean, going in the ocean in the dead of winter because it was you know, reported to be good uh, for their health. So that is just one example of something that surprised me when writing this series. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yes, and my grandma always told me, go to the beach and you feel better after swimming because the salt water. So I believe this way of thinking is still being used. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, there is still, and there probably was a little truth to that. You know, getting, like you said, getting out, getting the exercise, being in the sunshine, um, there probably were people who felt better. And so there might've been a few things that weren't quite right, but yeah, I, I agree with you. There probably was enough truth to it that it continued to be recommended by your grandmother and probably lots of lots of other people too. And uh, about your book, Julie, what do you want readers to take away from this book and what can they expect from this story? Well, I hope that readers can um, expect uh, many things. They can expect uh, learning a little bit about history, which is uh, always fun. But beyond that, there is um, family drama. There is this relationship between the sisters, which people seem to really like. I love a love story. So, of course, there is um, romance uh, in the novel as well and a little bit of mystery or intrigue. So there's a lot lot to look forward to. I hope, and I hope readers take away one of the one of the themes besides the sister loyalty and some of the family uh, themes is, you know, sometimes in our lives, we get our hearts set on something. We think we need A to be happy. And in this case, one sister is struggling with that, you know, where she thinks she, this is her life's path. And she learns along the way that that's maybe not the path. And actually there can be some something better or at least something different, maybe better where she can actually find that happiness um, in kind of letting go of that old, that old dream and finding a new dream and a new exciting life that she didn't think she could have. So there's a few little more 
serious themes in there, but also all hopefully all the hallmarks of romance and drama uh, and a little bit of mystery as well. Yeah, and you know, drama, I always tell, if it's about family, for sure, we will have drama. Yeah, I have to say, I don't actually, I hope this isn't bad to say, but I don't have any sisters. Um, but I certainly have friends who, who have kind of described some of the drama, especially with sisters. I have brothers. I, there's always family drama, as you said. But I really enjoy being able to create this kind of family of sisters, maybe the sisters I always wished I had, with all their... Sure, there are squabbles and and rivalries and things, but in the end, there there's that loyalty um, and family connection that that triumphs uh, in the end. And so, I I think people will, will enjoy that whether they have a sister or not. Yes, and truly, finally, where can our listeners find you online? And of course, your book. And when is it coming out? So thank you for asking. A Winter by the Sea comes out on December 6th of this year, 2023, um, at least in the U.S. And then if you're in, you know, in someone is in England or other parts of Europe, it might be, a, there's always a delay of a month or so um, for it to get into other countries. If it's got to be translated, then it's, it's even a little later uh, yet. But at least here in the States, December 6th. And in the meantime, if if listeners want to find me, I spend way too much time on Facebook, so you can <laughs> find me there. And I really love Instagram. So I would love for people to find me on Instagram. I enjoyed finding you, Lucia, on Instagram and looking at your posts. That's probably my, my favorite place. And of course, I have a website uh, as well, julieclausen.com. Wonderful. I saw your website. It's very beautiful. It's very well done thank and, you and on your website i found your socials so that's why i'm following you all your socials as well thank you that's what i like that so, connection as an author because you know i work alone here in this office and so that connection on social media is is so encouraging and uplifting and fun so so i do enjoy that uh, very much and appreciate when readers or listeners, whoever, whoever's interested, other sometimes it's other aspiring writers, uh, get, in, get in contact with me through social media or email. So don't hesitate if that's one of you. Yes, indeed. We need to cultivate a good community because, it, as you said, we sometimes feel as if we are alone, but no, we are not. Yes, you're right. And it makes this journey so much more more enjoyable to make those connections. Whatever we do, I think that's that's true. That those connections make life more pleasant, more pleasant, and more meaningful. Yes, more meaningful. It, it's I love uh, exchanging this beautiful energy. I think it's so good when you talk about books because we always find something that we relate with books start conversations and people love to whether they like it or not that's always a good conversation starter and yeah i agree yes and julie thank you very much for being a part of the relatable voice podcast you are very welcome lucia thank you so much for inviting me of course and also for our listeners don't forget to look out for julie's featured in 
The Relatable Voice magazine this coming October. So you will be able to find her website link, her episode, and to contact with her. So if you want to grab your free magazine, just go to www.relatable-media.com. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.